Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. So if you listened to my last episode, I talked about knowing God, having an intimate knowledge of who God is and having a personal relationship with him. And I mentioned on there that I was going to be laying a foundation for faith and really kind of doing like a little series on faith and how to obtain the promises of God. So in the last one, I wanted to talk about knowledge because firstly, like I said, you have to know him whom you believe. You have to know the God that you're putting your faith in, the God that you're putting your trust in. And the Bible says that um, my people are being destroyed because they don't know me. So there is this foundation of knowing God that is absolutely crucial um, before you're going to live a life of faith and being able to obtain that everything that God has for you. And so on this episode, I want to talk about another foundational ingredient for your faith, which is hope, which is hope. Because the Bible says in Hebrews 11, it says that faith is the substance of the things that we hope for and the evidence of things that are not seen. And so what you have to understand is that before we can even dive into the whole thing of faith, the Bible says that faith is the substance of hope. So before you can have faith for something, you first have to have hope. And so obviously, you know, in the world, people are always saying things like, oh, don't get your hopes up because X, Y, Z, like things could go wrong. And, you know, there's so many people that they don't have any hope. And that kind of pessimistic negative view creeps into the church so often where people are afraid to get their hopes up, maybe because you've been through something hard in the past or people have been hurt or, you know, whatever. They've seen things not work out in the past, but the word of God teaches us that we should put our hope in God and that when your hope is in God, your hope will never be put to shame. So as Christians, we should do the opposite that the world does. We should get our hopes up. And so, you know, it's so sad when the devil gets people into a place of hopelessness. That that place is so dangerous. And that's really when people become depressed and they become suicidal. It's because they get to a place in their life where they have no hope. They have no expectation of good in their future. And so that's what hope is. What is hope? Hope is a confident expectation that there is something good ahead of you, that there is something good in your future. It's an, it's an expectation. And so I want to ask you today, what are you expecting the Lord to do in your life? And if the answer is nothing, you know, like Kenneth Hagin used to always say, if you're expecting nothing, nothing in particular, you'll get nothing in particular. And so it's important as Christians that we stir up our hope, our expectation that God is going to do something great in our lives. And you have to understand that worldly hope, you know, you put your hope in, in people or in your plans or your ideas or your, um, or just whatever, you have to understand that all worldly things will probably at some point disappoint you. But you have to understand that when your hope is in God and your hope is in the word of God, that this type of Bible hope never, ever disappoints. It's not like worldly hope that's like, oh, I just hope, uh, hope something good happens today. Like you're just hoping, wishing, like questioning. No, Bible hope is a confident expectation. 
It's, it's, it's something that is confident that you expect to see the hand of God in, in, you know, in a certain area of your life or whatever. And, and there's a confidence to that. Why? Because you know, the person that promised is faithful. And so I want to start by reading in Ephesians chapter one. And um, this first part kind of goes along with what I talked about on the last episode. And then the second part talks about hope. So he says in Ephesians 1, 17, this is the amplified version. It says, I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus, the father of glory, that he may grant unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. So Paul starts off by praying that we would have a spirit of understanding so that we can have an intimate knowledge of the God that we serve. And so that's what I talked about previously. You have to know who God is. You have to know his will for your life. You have to know his heart. You have to know um, that he is good, that he is faithful, that he is merciful, that he's full of compassion. So, so Paul starts off by praying that you would have an intimate knowledge of God. And then he goes on to say, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope of his calling the hope of his calling and the glorious inheritance that he has in the saints. So let's break that down. So Paul is basically praying that you would be, that you would understand the hope of his calling. So when, what, what is this talking about? You are not, if you're a Christian, you are not only saved and on your way to heaven, but you are called. God has called you. What does that mean? God has set you apart. He has chosen you and picked you out to display his glory and his goodness. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5.10, the God of all grace has called you to his eternal glory in Christ. So there is a calling on your life as a believer. You are called to show forth the glory of God. What does that mean? Glory. What is the glory of God? It is his goodness. It is the goodness of God. So God has called you to be a display of his goodness, his goodness in your health, in your finances, in your, in your joy, in your peace, in, in your family life, in your career, in every realm of your life, people should be able to look at you and say, man, they serve a good God. And that's why we should constantly be wanting to reflect the goodness of God in every area of our life because you are a reflection of the God that you serve. You are a reflection of what you believe about God. And so that's why Paul said that there is a hope of your calling. So when you understand that you are called, you understand that God has called you unto eternal glory in Christ. God has called you to be molded into the very image of Christ, to do the same works that Jesus did and greater. When you understand that you're called to do that, there is a hope that that puts on the inside of you. There is a hope of his calling on your life. What does that mean? That when you get an understanding of your calling, it gives you a confident expectation of what God has in store for you. That you're not just, um, you know, 
wandering through life aimlessly with no purpose that really doesn't matter if you're here or if you die tomorrow, that no, you understand, no, that I have a purpose while I am on this earth. God has called me to show forth his goodness. And until I have completed what God has called me to do, I'm not done here. There's, there's a purpose for you to be here. That's why when you get saved, God doesn't just take you up to heaven. You know, because ultimately, oh, okay, you're saved. If, all, if that's all there is to it, then we should all just die and go to heaven as soon as you get saved. But no, there is a hope to which God has called you. And so there's a scripture too, many people quote all the time, but it's gotta be more than head knowledge to you. It's Jeremiah 23. It says, and I actually have it hanging on my wall in my house because it's a very powerful scripture. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord plans to give you a hope and a future. So it's not like when you get saved, God's got to think up, oh, okay, what am I going to have for Victoria to do now that she's saved? I got to think up something so that she's not bored, you know, until she gets to heaven. No, even before you are born again, God has chosen you and set you apart from your mother's womb. And he said, God said, I already know the plans that I have for you. And guess what? They're not plans for you to struggle through life. They're not plans for you to be beat up and harassed by the devil. They're not plans for you to be up one day, down the next. No, he says, my plans for you are to give you a future and a hope, to put a expectation of good on the inside of you, that when you get saved, you should be flooded with hope that man, I have a clean slate and there is nothing ahead of me but the goodness of God and that the path of the upright shines brighter and brighter until the coming of the Lord. So there every single day you can expect to get better and better when you give your life to Jesus. God has a plan to give you a hope and a good future. He has plans for your welfare, not for your harm, but for your welfare. God has a plan for you to be healthy all the days of your life. God has a plan for you to increase financially. God has a plan for you to have healthy and thriving relationships. God has a plan for you to be the head and not the tail, to be above always and never beneath. God has great plans in store for you. So I just want to encourage you, if you're listening to this and you've been feeling hopeless, you've been feeling discouraged, I just want to encourage you that God has an awesome plan for your life and that you can be filled with hope today. Not because of you or trying to do anything, but because of what Christ has done. The Bible says that we have been born again to a living hope. When you are born again, you are born into the, the, the kingdom of God where there is an unlimited hope for you. Maybe you were once hopeless before you gave your life to Christ. People are hopeless. There is no hope outside of Christ. There is no true hope outside of knowing Christ. But when you are born again, the Bible says that you have been born again to a living hope, a hope that is alive, that it is energized by the very resurrection life of Christ. And this hope never disappoints. It never deceives and it never shames us. But when you get your hopes up and your hopes are in God, you better believe that you will never, ever, 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 ever be put to shame. The Bible says those who believe in him will never be put to shame. And so there's another scripture I wanted to read too. Um, and if you have read my book, I, my book is basically all about this scripture. It's Colossians 1.27 that says, and this is the mystery which is Christ in you, the hope 
of glory. There's that word hope again. So what does that mean? Paul basically is summing up the entire thing of what does it mean to be born again? He said, this is the mystery. The whole thing that Paul preached, the mysteries of God, the mystery of Christ that was once hidden for ages in the past, but is now being revealed. That whole, this whole mystery, what is it? Paul summed it up in these words. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That when you understand that when you were born again, Jesus Christ came to live on the inside of you, that reality is supposed to flood you with hope, with an expectation that you will experience the manifest glory of God, the goodness of God in every single area of your life, that you don't have to stay where you're at. But when, when Christ comes to live on the inside of you, I have an expectation that what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what's never even entered into the heart of man, that is what God has prepared for me. And, and by the help of the Holy Spirit, I will lay hold of it and I will walk in everything that Christ has purchased for me. So this is the mystery. This is the mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the more you understand the reality of Christ in you, the more it's going to stir up your hope, the more it's going to put an expectation in you to see the glory of God, to see the supernatural in your life, to see miracles, signs and wonders. So what it goes back to, how do you stir up your hope? How do you awaken that hope that's on the inside of you? It's by having Christ revealed on the inside of you. The revelation of Christ in you has to, has to increase. And this is just a side note. I'm going to go on a little tangent here. But how do you have a greater revelation of this mystery, which is Christ in you? Well. If you listened to my podcast on speaking in tongues, I talk about it in that podcast. I talk about this verse and I talk about what Paul said in 1 Corinthians. He said, when you speak in an unknown tongue, you are speaking the mysteries of God. So when you pray in your prayer language, you are literally declaring the mysteries of God over yourself, over your life. And those mysteries that you're praying in a language that you don't understand, that's how you stir it up to where you do get revelation and it touches your mind. And so I don't have time to get fully into that, but I encourage you, pray in the spirit. Read your Bible, pray in the spirit. Read your Bible, pray in the spirit. Read your Bible, pray in the spirit. Because when you pray in the spirit, you are, you are declaring and stirring up the mysteries of God, which is what, what is the mystery of God? Paul said, this is the mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the word of God, Jesus Christ living on the inside of me, fills me with an expectation of glory, fills me with hope. And so I encourage you today to stir up your hope and really ask yourself, what am I expecting of the Lord? And so another scripture I, I wanna, oh, there's so many, honestly, that I wanted to read too. Okay, well, let me just say this before I get into the last scripture. You have to understand your hope, unlike worldly hope, like I mentioned, that's in worldly things. When your hope is in God and you understand that the, the hope of your calling in Christ, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.24, faithful is he that called you who also will do it. So you have to understand that because your calling, 
your calling is is not totally dependent upon your strength. Obviously, you have a major role to play in it, but the Bible says that God is the one that is calling you. You're not the one that called yourself. It's actually God's calling on your life. And the Bible says faithful is he that is calling you who also will do it. Now, we have to yield to that. But obviously, when your hope is in God and you understand that he is faithful to fulfill that calling in your life, it gives you a greater confidence. It's going to give your hope a greater confidence because you know the person that called me, he is faithful. The person that has called me unto glory, he is faithful who also will do it. Hebrews 10 23 says, let us hold fast without wavering to the hope that we cherish for he who promised is faithful to his word. So you can hold fast to your hope without wavering. You can have a hope that never wavers. You can have an expectation that never wavers. Why? Because it's solely dependent upon God and he is faithful to his promise. So there's no reason to waver in your hope because God never changes. Malachi 3, 6, the Lord never changes. He is steadfast. So when your hope is in him, you can hope without wavering. And so the last verse I want to read is Romans 5, 5. It says, this hope never disappoints or deludes us or shames us. Why? Because the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. So this is so powerful. This hope, the hope that you have in God, this hope that we're talking, maybe you've been heartbroken before. You've been, you've had some major hopes and dreams that just totally crash and fail, didn't work out the way you thought, and you were devastated. And I get that. That's huge. But understand that when you get born again and you put your hope in God, this is not like that. It's not going to be like that. Paul says, this hope never disappoints. So you can get your hopes up in Jesus' name. You can get your hopes up again in Jesus' name to expect the miraculous in your life, to expect the goodness of God in your life, because this hope never disappoints. It doesn't deceive you. It doesn't put you to shame. And okay, so why? But the Paul, this is the key to it. Paul says, why? Because the love of God has been poured out in your hearts. And that might seem like, how does that relate to hope? Hope, love, how do those two things relate? Well, because love, the Bible says in Galatians that love is what energizes your faith. Okay, stay with me here. Love energizes your faith and faith is the substance of the things that you hope for. So faith takes the things that you hope for and brings it into your reality. So hope is something that you cannot see that you don't have already. It's something of the future. Hope, you have an expectation of something in your future that you don't have currently. And so faith is the substance of those things. Faith takes the things you hope for and brings them into the now. Faith takes what you hope for and brings it into your reality. So without faith, your hope remains just a hope. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. So if your hope is if you don't have faith, your hope is constantly being deferred. You're hoping and hoping and hoping, but you're never seeing it come to pass in your life. But God has not called us to live that kind of life. God has called you to have a hope and then your faith to be the substance of those things that you hope for to bring it into your reality. 
So the, so the whole reason that Paul can say this hope won't disappoint you is because God is pouring his love into our hearts. And that love is energizing our faith. It's giving substance to our hope so that we can reach out and grab. We can reach out and grab the things that we are hoping for. Use our faith to, to grab a hold of those things. And so that's why all these ingredients, and we're going to talk more about this in the next podcast about faith and how to bring the things you hope for into your reality. But so I just want to encourage you on this one. Stir up your hope. Stir up your hope by praying in the spirit and getting in the word of God. Psalm 119, or no, I'm sorry, Psalm 130 says, in your word, I have put my hope. So those two things, you stir yourself up by prayer, by praying in the spirit and by getting in the word of God and getting a hope on the inside of you, getting an expectation, getting a glimpse of all that God has in store for you. And when you get your hopes up, I want to tell you, this hope will never disappoint. This hope will never disappoint. And you will lay hold of all the things that God has in store for you in Jesus' mighty name. This is Victoria. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and make sure that you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening and I pray that these podcasts will continue to be a blessing to you.